The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome to the 442 Insider podcast where we take you inside the world of Australia's best football magazine. This week we've been doing more analysing of the draw than Trevor putting together an IKEA wardrobe without the instructions. Yeah, wouldn't happen I don't think. No? No, I don't reckon. I couldn't have me down as a draw master. I can't get you, as, I can't see you as putting together things like that. I'm rubbish to mess up. I was going to build a bar. I had a week off recently. I thought oh, I'm going to build a bar. I'm so I just couldn't do it. You know, some people don't work on that level yeah. and I'm, I'm one of them. I'm not like Mr. Andy Jackson who's, who's not here today. He's got a big list of things to do over Christmas. I've so he's Mr. Bunnings, isn't he? He certainly is. Um, well... This week, we've been joined by Deputy Editor Trevor Trahan, who just spoke. Already made my presence felt. Hi. There you go. And also web guru, reporter, Aidan Ormond. Hello. How are you, Aidan? I'm very well. How are you, Paul? How are you, Trevor? I'm good, thank you. Kevin got called a web guru the other month. Are they both web gurus? They are both. Oh, okay. They're, they're on equal footing of oh. guru-ness. Mm. Okay. Uh, but enough uh, crap banter. Let's get on to the reason <laughs> for you uh, listening to this podcast, which is football. And we're going to have a look at round 17, all the games. The first uh, game of the round was Wellington Phoenix against Melbourne Victory. Uh, one all draw. And uh, Phoenix equal Sydney FC unbeaten game record of 14 yeah I saw that on the FFA release as no, well no FFA release <laughs> that's no way there's no way my, the... all my own facts um, pretty good result for victory would you say would you say victory would come away more happy with that one absolutely um, down to 10 men with the send off of uh, Nicky Ward <laughs> And uh, I think uh, I think this shows that their championship material that you can go away from home um, and, and get a result with ten men. And for Wellington, I think it, w- it was a very disappointing result. I don't know how Trevor you felt, but to to have a team to be one 0 up and, t- and down ten men and, and not kill off a game, I think says a lot about where they are at the moment. They're a good side, but they're not a great side. Mm. Never has there been a, a more hollow um, record than this. Uh, unbeaten run they're going on because it's just all draws isn't it Wellington drawing at home yet again and they need to find a way of turning the one points into three if they can um, you know want to make the finals and then you know they need to be in a position where they're in the finals that they give themselves as much chance to play at home in that series Um, because if not you know if they find themselves just creeping in and you know having to go to tough places then they're not going to make any sort of impact and certainly won't feature in the grand final but you know what do they need to do perhaps they need to go for a little bit more you know they need to take their chance they've certainly got the players but you know one up with five minutes to go against ten men and they've got another draw they've got to be disappointed mm. Mm. although I think the positive was there was 8,200 there which is, by my reckoning is about 1,000 up on the average yeah, yeah. and I think uh, that's a lot to do with the World Cup qualification in the country they're still floating along on that sort of uh, wave of uh, euphoria well and, and the result last night as well with uh, Auckland City beating uh, Al Ali Al Ahli yeah sorry I got that <sighs> These are yeah, go- 2-0 These are golden times For New Zealand so, football So yeah They're, um, they're, they're, uh, they're laughing So um, What do you think About Tim Brown There's there's a lot of uh, Talk about Ifill and Bertos Being the stars Of the team But Quietly You know Not necessarily Behind the scenes But Tim Brown's Having a having a decent season Isn't he Yeah Yeah he's, He works really hard In the middle of, uh, of The park But also he's scoring goals He's scoring crucial goals yeah. as well. I think that's been the thing that's always been lacking in his game. So I don't know how you feel, but I think he's having 
probably his best ever season in the A-League mm. the uh, second game on Friday Adelaide United against Newcastle Jets 2-0 win for the Jets and really a tale of two teams going in opposite directions isn't it Trev this is a big result actually I think um, I'm, I tipped Adelaide to win because I thought you know look when they see themselves in, in real trouble, they manage to dig out a result because they've certainly got the players. Um, and yeah, for, t- to lose at home to, to Newcastle is not good. But, you know, I was, I was watching them playing and I was looking at the team before they lined up. And obviously, the, you know, the main problem is is scoring. They're conceding slightly more than last season, but they're just not scoring. And I looked at the team and, you, you know, you look at Jamison and Cassie on the left, you know, Dodd on the right, Cristiano, you know, up front and they've got other players like Reed in the middle. And you're thinking, how is this team bottom of the A-League? How are they not scoring more goals? Mm. Um, and, you know, they have lost some players, but they have retained, you know, the crop of players that were so successful for them last season. Um, I just think that they need to sort of, you know, go for it. I think that's what the Jets have learned in recent weeks, haven't they? That rather than sort of, you know, holding back, if you're going to lose a game, perhaps let's try and lose it in style or give some entertainment, try and get some goals. And I think that's what Adelaide needs to do as well. I mean, Leckie's been impressive, but isn't it right that he's about to go for a hernia operation now? So just as they were sort of um, seeing him come... to have a hernia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's only 18. He's developed a hernia, has he? <laughs> so, um, just as, you know, a bright spark they had there. And, um, you know, he's, he's going to go for surgery, so they're going to miss him too. Yeah. So, again, a, a, another striking talent gone for them. Aidan, uh, Trev said, you know, looking at the team, how is this team bottom of the league with so much talent? Is it the coach? I'm going to keep on thrashing this until someone comes out and says... Viddy needs to go. So I'm going to ask the, the Hansford Viddy out campaign. Yeah, I'm just going to. Well, I'm not the one saying it. I'm going to try and goad you into it. But you know, <laughs> when, when you see, you know, and it happens in world football all around. Great teams, good players. You know, I'm not saying that Adelaide aren't playing for the coach, but there's got to be something going on there. And it just smacks to me of they bring in a new coach and all of a sudden the results will change do you, do you think it's that simple or do you think Viddy needs to you know just get this season out of the system and, and carry on or well, well the advantage for Viddy is that he's got the Asian Champions League to come straight after the A-League if he fails there then I'm sure that they'll get rid of him yeah. um, but I, I just think it's they just need to change I think Trevor alluded to it we just they just need to change their formation and, and he, he insists on playing with one striker he'll argue that maybe he plays with two at some times but it it, it's a it's a loaded midfield, I mm. think, and I think as Branco's done with the three four three, he's just changed things. He said, "Okay, let's not die wondering here." And I think that's got to be the same attitude down in Adelaide. Just go out and enjoy it, lads, and let's play a really, really attacking style of football. And they've got players to do it though. They, they do have like this, he, yeah. He and once you st- once the goals start coming, the confidence comes back. Yeah. And, and like like I said, they've got a pretty good squad. Just on, on the Vim, I think Aidan, you mentioned before how Australia, he's very much in the FFA set up and, you know, in the Australian team set up that at some point they're going to be looking for a new, you know, Ollie Ruse coach or to, to teach that era of players. Do you think that Vidmar's still in the shake up for that now? Or? Are you saying that the FFA would somehow. <laughs> Groom him. Groom him and to get rid of him from a failing club. Well, he certainly had no failing one him when he had that mullet, did he? So <laughs> no. It would be nice to have He a had a terrific him. mullet. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, look I, think, I think Jan Verslajan would have the sit on the Oli Roo position because he's brought through a lot of the under-20s. Yep. That sounds more logical to me, but I, I, I do believe that Vidi is a good coach. He's going through a very, very tough patch, and, I, and I'm not going to say he should go, but I think he's got limited time to prove himself. Fair enough. Uh, On to Saturday's game, Sydney FC against North Queensland Fury. And uh, 
Sydney back on form. It's just they can't decide which team they want to be at the Jekyll and Hyde side. 4-1 was the uh, final result. And John Aloisi getting on the score sheet. I thought he was going to rip his shirt off like the Incredible Hulk. It was exciting. Before I go into um, Sydney's return to form, something that happened to me at the game, by the way... Is it th- interesting, though? It, is this it, about football? No, it's or? definitely interesting. Okay. And it's not about football either. Well, I was at a football game. Right. But um, it, <laughs> I was at the game. I was a little bit under the weather. Kind of coughing, sneezing a little bit. Hungover. Yeah, not not hungover. Definitely not hungover. Okay. Yeah, no. And can you, can you get to the point? The woman in front of me turned around and said, "Excuse me, have you got a cold?" And I was like, "Well, I got a bit of a sniffle, but not that I can't make it to the football." She said, "Well, it's just that I'm pregnant." And I'm going to have to move if you have got a cold. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's okay. I'll move. And I had to get up. And did you move? And move to another part of the stadium because she's got... Football if, riot. If you're pregnant... Started by a pregnant woman. Well, you don't want to mess with a pregnant woman as well. No, the, well, that's what it might be. But if you're pregnant and you're worried about this, don't go to where there's 12,000 people sitting next to each other. You yeah. know, if you're that worried, watch it at home or sit in an open air area. And she turned around and said, excuse me, are you going to start a riot? Because uh, <laughs> if you are, could you go to the other section, please? Because... Uh, are you involved in any witty, sweary banter? My <laughs> yeah. is Are you going to be singing any loud songs? Because yeah. I've got one on the way here. Well, get over yourself. Somebody, somebody knocked over my tofu at the game the other day. I got <laughs> very upset. <laughs> very upset with them. And I, and I had brusque words with them. I, I can imagine. That's uh, tofu at the football. But anyway, back to we the had tough, We um, had tough times at the game, like didn't we? Uh, crazy pregnant lady, you know, write in and uh, or get in touch with us and uh, you can be a guest. Cause, uh, I would say they were quite nice about it at the end. So I don't want to feel like I'm slacking good. off. But anyway. Can you tell them who you were? No, I would never do that. No. Don't you know who I am? I'm too much of a coward. I thought I'm just going to mention it on the podcast like a coward when she's not around. Fair enough. Um, but four, yeah, back, four one. Back to the yeah. game. What a game. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. It was once again, like you say, a, a return to form for them. But they've been so good at home and. Um, the usual suspects pulling together to, to pull them apart, but some really, really awful fury defending mm. and marking and uh, chasing back with players. Absolutely horrible. And some of the stuff that we've been familiar with seeing them in the past, but they seem to tighten up every so often and really get stuck in. So, um, yeah, they'll be disappointed at that. And, and Sydney, you know, with Melbourne drawing, closing the gap again. Yeah. Mm. And I, I spoke to Terry McFlynn the day before the game and he alluded to the fact that they wanted to raise the intense, intensity of their starts to the game and they yeah. clearly, they, clearly they did that. So, yeah. um, and they just maintained that. You know? A nice little finish from Broski on the floor as well, <laughs> knocking that one. Yeah, in. Uh, yeah he's uh, having a great season. It's a sweet um, little uh, sweet strike. And then the um, second game on the Saturday, Gold Coast United against Central Coast, two teams who are very close to each other in the, in the table. And uh, an interesting fact is that it was the first time all season and in their history that Gold Coast have come back from behind to win a game. Oh, thank you, Mark Hinson at the FFA for that. In their history? In their, well, yeah, because so, it's only... How long's the history? And four games. Four games. <laughs> how many home games? Yeah, how many games have played? Uh, yeah, 2-1 to Gold Coast. And uh, yeah, now a little bit of light for, for Gold Coast uh, from the Central Coast Mariners by winning this game. Yeah, I mean, they keep themselves um, in it and come from behind victory. Show always shows a little bit of character. Um, good to see Smeltzy scoring as well after me saying last week I was going to bet on him to be top scorer. And I did. And yeah. now he's running away with it. So yeah, I mean, again, they're not that sort of, you know, blow your way convincing the Gold Coast that we saw at the beginning 
beginning of the season but another valuable three points for another finals team and Aiden it looked like a game of two halves they were terrible in the first half and then Barisic came on and mm. uh, really turned the game for them didn't mm. he and, and actually Barisic caught my eye it's good to see state league players making the step up and he cl- he's clearly confident that he can do it um, for Melbourne Knights he was signed as a very much a squad player but uh, rubbish first half terrific second half rubbish crowd again 4,117 what is going on up there Mm. not great and the last game Perth Glory 1 Brisbane Raw 1 I've got no notes for this one because I have no interest in it so dazzle me lads (laughs) they've got no you know Brisbane have got no fans no one cares about them Perth you know they'll be in the finals so my notes say there was 721 people at the Perth game yeah, as well I, so. like the, I think a zero fell off <laughs> there so um, okay and, um, that's a de- that's another decent result for um, for Brisbane there one of their young players Luke Devere getting on the, the score sheet as well mm-hmm. um, Perth being so good at home they'll probably be disappointed not to win that but um, Newcastle and Brisbane um, are, are both looking much much better teams in recent weeks both in the chance of having a bit of a, a run to the finals so yeah yeah Perth chugging away nicely though aren't they yeah chugging away they're, they're not spectacular no. but they're solid and I think they, they may just sneak into the finals yeah well great stuff lads that was uh, round 17 in review join us after the break as we'll be looking at all the news from the week in football the December edition of Australian 442 is on sale now we're 50 issues old and to celebrate we're listing the 50 defining moments of Australian football including Aloisi's penalty FFA's Dutch revolution and Vidmar's exit tears elsewhere we can't up with rising Socceroos star Reese Williams. Italy and AC Milan legend Franco Baresi tells us what it's like to miss a penalty in a World Cup final. And there's a free Football Manager 2010 game demo with every issue. The December edition of Australian 442, it's on sale now. Hi, I'm Archie Thompson of the Melbourne Victory and you're listening to the 444 444 Inside a Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the 442 Insider Podcast. And now we're going to have a look at some of the best news stories from the week on our website, au.442.com. Hey, got it right. Got it right. No editing or readings. <laughs> Superb. Well, look, obviously the uh, biggest news story in football over the last week was the uh, World Cup draw held in Cape Town. And all the teams are now uh, dropped into their groups and I suppose obviously the biggest news was Australia's group and who they were drawn with a lot of people saying group of death is it, is it that bad Trev you're shaking your head I think the first thing I'd say is there is no group of death this, this year I, th- I think there's a couple I, of I would disagree but I, you can carry on I think there's you know it's, it's a tough group and the reason why people call it a tough group or you know the group of death is because they're all four teams that would have been looking to progress there's a few you know making up the numbers teams in other groups but yeah. there are four teams that would have said before the tournament okay we've at least got to make the round of 16 and then take it from there I think the way to summarise it you know for Australia's point of view it could have been better it could have been worse it's tough but it's possible to get out of and you know the reason it could have been worse we didn't get any of the top five ranked teams in the world Um, you know we avoided Spain and Brazil who are the two favourites 
we avoided the two strong European teams that were out of the seed in Portugal and France. We avoided Ivory Coast. Mm. So when you look at it that way, you have to sort of say, well, you know, it's not quite so bad. The only thing, you know, we didn't get a turkey, did we? We didn't get someone that, you know, we could have whipped. So it's, it's going to be an even group. 15 days you'll get a turkey. It's going to be, it's, um, it's going to be an even group. They could get out of it. Will they? Mm, perhaps not. <laughs> Aidan, do you, do you agree with that? or? Uh, yeah, I, I, I echo your comments, uh, Trevor. Um, I think uh, it'll go down to the, the last game. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a really even group. Um, I'm really worried about Serbia. I think when you look at the coach that they've got, Radomir Antic, who's a really Great good coach. coach. When you compare him to what we've got, I think they've got a better coach. Um, and look at the players, Tosic, Pantelic, Ivanovic from Chelsea, of course, Vidic. Um, Krasic from CSK Moscow. They've got a great side. Stankovic as well. You know, and Ghana, they're playing on the home. I spoke to Lloyd Awusu last night, and he's obviously a Ghanaian international, and uh, he's saying that the, the home advantage is, is, is massive. Is he a Ghanaian international in the same way that Robbie Fowler's an England international? Um, he, he's never got a chance of playing for He's probably game. less of in that he, regard, yeah. but he has played for the national yeah, team yeah. twice and, and twice in club v country friendlies. Mm. So he, he was in the frame for the 2006 World Cup, and but he got injured in yeah. that friendly against VfB Stuttgart. But, um, yeah... Um, um, my only hope is that maybe, maybe, Timmy could pop up in the 89th minute against Germany and give us a, a winner, in which case that takes the pressure yeah, off. Definitely. And we could even lose one of the other two games and just get a draw and we could still go through. So Same as, uh, same as last time. Well, I, 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 sense I disagree it'll be with very you. Good. I think there's a, a group of death because the, you mentioned three, you, three of the teams. Are you going to say Group E? No, Group G. Yeah. You, there's no way you can Brazil, Ivory Coast, and Portugal all in one group. No, but a group they were, of they were the three teams that you mentioned as the ones that we wanted to avoid. But they? a group of death, a definition of a group of death is all four top teams. You can't have a where's group. This of, de- you, where's this you definition? Where are you, what, is widely like known, a, a widely of death, widely accepted. No, that's you, the group of death. Yeah. <laughs> that's they a different. Say, they did I'm say the England America group was the group of debt. Oh yeah, yeah. financial crisis. Can I just say, there's no yet? way, there's no way you can have a group of death with North Korea in it. Yeah, but the that instantly, I, I that would say, instantly takes away a group, a group of, of death. death is defined by one team that you would say would go through to the next round, not making it. And so Brazil, Ivory Coast, and Portugal, you're gonna have one team that you would expect to make the round of 16, not making it. Well, I, I, I think without sounding too AFC-centric, I mm. think it's really difficult to play North Korea because it's hard to scout them. You don't get a lot of information on their foreign players except one who plays in uh, the J-League with Kawasaki. Um, they're just going to be a difficult opponent. And they're going to be up for it. They haven't played in the World Cup since '66, so I don't think they're going to be a, they're going to be as much of a rollover as, say, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think it is the group of death. But... Um, I think Group G is the group of death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, one other thing that was revealed on the night was that Trevor's feeling browbeaten. Now. There's no group of death. <laughs> <laughs> Get online and uh, debate this and tell us who's right, please, listeners, uh, all, all three of you. That'd be lovely. And uh, But someone else, something else that was released uh, during the World Cup draw, and I'm not talking about my toilet habits, uh, was the World Cup football. 
Oh. Trev, look at you perking up now. Any questions, ask me. Obviously, as we've said in previous podcasts, I was in Germany a couple of weeks back for the first glimpse of it. Um, it's now been unleashed, the Jabulani. Jabulani. Yep, Adidas is um, 11th World Cup ball. Um, I think that they're trying to claim a criticism that Adidas balls have had, and Schwartz has said this before, is that when you hit them through there, they can be a little bit like a beach ball. They can swerve from side to side. Um, they reckon it's going to be a slightly truer flight. Now, Trevor, look at me around. and don't look down at your notes. How many panels? on the ball it's eight panels which is the least for a World Cup ball ever fantastic yeah I know my, I've, you, you know I was enjoying you really get immersed in sort of this obsession about the ball uh, but any questions you guys have yeah, got yeah I got questions Good. yeah um, the, the aerodynamics of the ball at altitude talk me through that <laughs> that's Trevor. a tough that is a tough and a very very good question um, the ball is obviously designed to work the same in every single situation and and the way they they bind the balls together is this uh, thing called thermal bonding. Obviously, traditionally, there were leather balls that were sort of hand-stitched together. These are obviously, you know, synthetic balls that are kind of, you know, put inside a casing and bonded together. And that's supposed to sort of stop any sort of weather, be that hot weather, cold weather, high altitude, low altitude, it performing exactly the same. Now, I'd imagine they're a German company with a lot of testing. They did a lot of wind tunnel testing on the balls to make sure that, you know, the flight was the same. So any difference, they claim, you know, altitude should be minimal, but I suppose when we get to the actual World Cup, we'll you know we'll see if that's true or not. And uh, what does Jabulani mean? And which, it, which language as well is that yes. from, Trevor? Without looking at your notes, um, it's it's one of it's. Oh, I'm not going to look down because I know it's one of the um, eleven uh, languages spoken in South Africa. It's Zulu, um, and it means to celebrate. I think it's a derivative of the Bantu language. I think you'll. I find. think actually, I think you'll find that the, the Zulu's uh, Umbeze language, which is a dialect of that, mm-hmm. is, is probably where. That Jabulani is derived done from. He's read my news story on it, and I wasn't allowed to look down. <laughs> but I know all this. He's done very well. We've got a six-page feature coming up in Excellent. the following magazine. So buy the mag mm. yeah, out January. But it's a, have you had a kick of the ball? Yes, yeah, yeah. I did. It, What's it like? It's good. It's, it does feel very synthetic and very plastic. You know, you remember the balls you played with as a kid. Oh, was that the actual ball? Yeah, yeah. The, the one actual. that they will use at the World Cup. Oh no, not, not the that. one that they'll play with. In I think they've got they've yeah, made more the more than one. Ball. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, well, a, a match. Ball. A yes. Match ball, yeah, yeah. Well, we've got one in the office. We'll, we'll, sh- we'll show you after okay. the um, after the podcast. But yeah, it's it's going to be. Um it's going to be interesting. Weight-wise, it looks like it's going to be really, really light. But obviously, um, FIFA have regulations about how um, how it can weigh. It has to be between 420 and 445 grams. And it's slightly closer towards the heavier end of that. So it's not as light as, as perhaps it first appears. Okay. Well, that's great stuff. I'm sure we've uh, secured loads of Adidas free Christmas presents with the big plug we've got there. So good work. Back to uh, other matters of football and uh, the AFC Champions League campaign. The draw was made for that. Uh, a couple of days ago and the two Australian teams now know who they're going to play Adelaide United uh, open up their campaign against the holders Pohang Steelers uh, with Melbourne uh, starting away at Beijing Guan all my uh, pronunciations are going to be terrible here but as well as the Steelers uh, Adelaide face uh, Shandon Luneng uh, from China and also a uh, winner still to be determined from the Emperor's Cup in Japan and as for the Melbourne victory they'll be facing Chinese Super League team Beijing Guan as I mentioned Korea Republic's uh, Seongnam Ilwa and Japanese powerhouse Kawasaki Frontale Aidan you're a you're a bit of an expert in these regions or maybe more than me and Trevor are anyway um, who's got the harder group out of that 
I think they're both really difficult. The thing that struck me about both draws for, for both our clubs is that we know these clubs. We've played against them in the last two years. Um, so there'll be a lot of, hopefully, a lot of um, help. Uh, for example, Kawasaki Frontale. Um, they uh, they played against Central Coast. Got a good engine room there, haven't they? In the, in the Very good engine Kawasaki. room. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think... Uh, I think it's, what's interesting, actually, here's a fun fact. Siung, Siung Nam Ilhua Chun Ma actually owned by a company owned by the Moonies. Ah, okay. Yeah. So um, uh, that's something that we found out in our research in the last Asian Champions League. So, uh, yeah, look, I think it's... Uh, I think the team that I'm really looking for is Melbourne Victory. I think they underperformed in the last Asian Champions League, and I think they played against Gamba Osaka in one of the, probably the best club match I've seen, a 4-3 against Gamba at uh, Etihad, which was just a cracker. Mm. Um, it'll be really good to see them go through. I think they, if they have Hernandez, they didn't have him last time. I think that's going to be a key for them. And, of course, they may even play some of the games at the new Bubble Dome. So, mm. um, yeah, two very difficult <coughs> groups. I think probably as difficult as Australia's group at the World Cup. But certainly not, uh, for Melbourne victory anyway, certainly not impossible. Yeah. I don't think there's any groups of death there, from what I can see. I think it all seems pretty um, <laughs> pretty level. Well, there's a group of noodles, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the, aside from that, it's the um, timing of the match days is that it's going to go over the A-League final series, which obviously won't bother Adelaide at all. No. But for Melbourne, who need to make a big start, I mean, from the looks of things, it could be up to three Asian Champions League games. Um, before the uh, the A League yeah. season's wrapped up, so that's going to be tough. That's going to stretch their squad. Oh, they, yeah. don't, they don't play enough games anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, Adelaide yeah. revelled in the fact that they could go to Japan on a Wednesday night and play a game, then play here on the weekend, yeah. and they yeah. really—it's it, what football's about. You want to play more games. So I think at that that end of the season, I think they'll have no problem. And finally, just squeezing in the last news story uh, before we have to go was the all the furore down in Melbourne about the uh, AFL season having to be cancelled because of the, the this small tournament called the World Cup um, AFL Supremo if you can have a Supremo in the AFL um, said the World Cup starts in June and there's four or five weeks of securitising it putting up signage uh, they commence work in late March or early April and that would probably mean we'd just have to cancel the season because that would mean we wouldn't have the MCG for 16 weeks um, Great, uh, fortunate byproduct of having the World Cup, wouldn't it? Cancelling um, the AFL season. <laughs> or bonus. I think um, what I thought about this, we all know the comments are made, and, and Buckley's made some comments back. But um, I don't like. F- first of all, I don't like the having the way they're having this discussion through the media. This should be all behind closed doors of mm. what we're trying to s- sort out here. Um, and I think the FFA need to be a little bit more forceful of getting their point across because you know the AFL are getting plenty of media coverage about the negative points about the World Cup. I don't think there's been enough promotion about the positives of bringing a World Cup to Australia. Um, I went on the Complain website before this, and I think it's quite good to have a little bit of pub ammo. If if you will so when someone says to you you know AFL one AFL uh, how can they stop a season for this stupid World Cup um, and I couldn't really find anything there I went on the English website and they're throwing things around like you know it's going to the social and economical things three million international visitors three billion to the economy 85,000 jobs that's the sort of stuff that Australians need to be aware of the benefits as mm. well and I think the FFA need to throw a little bit more weight behind that include an advertising campaign so that everyone in Australia is aware that it's not just the spectacle of it if you're not necessarily interested in football or soccer as they might call it there's other benefits of the country I mean have you seen anything about like urging you to sign up for the website 
Like I, I can't think in the mainstream media of anywhere saying, you know, like, come on, sign up and get involved. Well, I mean, I, I've, I've, been, I've signed up to the website because I was part of the launch in Canberra. Yeah. But, but I'm uh, saying that us in the media and us in football and probably the guys who go to the 442 website mm. uh, know about it, but we're preaching to the choir, it seems. It's almost like, you know, 40,000 people signed up. That sounds about the fan base, doesn't it? You know, what about, like, you know... The people out there who are sports fans or floaters who, who should well, be getting involved. Well, that's that's the FFA's job. They need to delegate and 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 and, and sort that out. The thing I'd like to say about Demetri is this is this is pretty much par for the course. He does go through the media to make his mm. point, and, and in the AFL, he is known as quite a controversial character, uh, particularly in Sydney, with his comments about the Sydney Swans. I think I think what what it does is it really um, sells short the average AFL fan because. I think you've been overseas, you know, you get into other sports when you visit other countries, and I think it's a great opportunity to sell their sport mm. to fans coming in here. And also, AFL fans would love, I think the majority would love to see a World Cup here. Yeah, and, and I don't know, I just think that maybe he's, he's he, you know, Melbourne football fans would be pretty upset because it sounds as though he's taught them out of a World Cup final. Mm. You know, now the debate mm. will be, well, OK, if Melbourne going to be like that, when, then we'll just give them group games and we'll play all the big games up at Suncorp and Sydney. Yeah, and, and they've worked very hard to make Melbourne a, quote, international city, and it doesn't really uh, meld with that sort of notion. Fair enough. Well, I'm getting the finger from Simon telling us we're running over. Not the finger, it was a twirly <laughs> finger uh, for the wrap it up sign. So um, we'll join you after the break where we've got uh, Socceroos captain Lucas Neal talking us, uh, to us about the World Cup draw. All together now. Australian football legends John Cosmina and Kevin Muscat have come together for the first time since their headline-grabbing sideline stoush nearly three years ago to become very special members of the Green and Gold Army on tour at the 2010 FIFA World Cup. With over 100 Socceroos caps between them, Cosy and Muskie will be arm-in-arm arm with the Green and Gold Army in South Africa and you could be there with them enjoying the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's FIFA authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australia group stage games, four additional World Cup group stage games, transfers to and from games and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg, just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 7 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. Back to 442 Insider. Now we have a special guest join us on the Insider podcast, Socceroos captain Lucas Neal, who's speaking to us today as a football ambassador for Optus the 2010 FIFA World Cup mobile broadcaster in Australia. Lucas, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Great. Now, I'm sure you're probably aware it's pretty early in the morning for me doing this interview, about 5am. And to be honest, I'm still in my pyjamas. Lucas, can you say, is this the first time you've ever been interviewed by someone in their PJs? Yes, and I was hoping the first time wouldn't be you. <laughs> well, look, um, I, I am wearing my Tim Cahill pyjamas. I hope that's okay, um, but it uh, it won't affect my performance. I'm terrible no matter what I'm wearing, so uh, on, on to business, mate. Um, so, World Cup draw last weekend. Uh, tell me, where where were you and uh, how was the anticipation before the event? 
Oh, mate, I was excited, like probably every Australian uh, waiting for the news to come through. Uh, I was sitting in, in my TV room in the house trying to watch it on my own. I had the, uh, my kids with me trying to pretend I wasn't that bothered by it, uh, but the kids trying to keep me focused on them and me trying to focus on the TV. So it was good fun. Um, and to be honest, mate, I'm really, really pleased with the draw. Yeah. Um, I know everyone sees it as three really difficult teams, but I think that's the best thing for Australia. Three very difficult games with the underdog and not expected to win any of them, and I think that's when Australia brings out their best football. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, everyone seems to be a little bit gloom and doom, and, you know, they always throw around the group of death, but it's no more difficult than four years ago, is it? It was Brazil, Croatia, and Japan. No, if anything, it's, it's very similar to in standard. You've got um, you know, one of the most consistent and glorified teams throughout the history of the World Cup in the group. A very, very strong African team and, and another very technically gifted European team and um, all ranked very well in the world. So, um, you know, by rights, we have no, no chance of getting out of the group. But if you ask any Australian player in the soccer team at the moment, we'll all be geared up and working very hard to make sure that we can uh, upset the group. Definitely, definitely. Now, one of the, one of the advantages that, that, that I see, and, and I think you mentioned before, is that the Socceroos and Australian players should be familiar with the playing styles of the teams that we face. Is that something that you agree? Yeah, and I think uh, the way we play under Pimper Baker, our, our Dutch coach, is, is a very European style as well. So in two of the games in our group, I think the teams will be um, quite similar in style, which is is a good thing because it's easy to prepare for. Um, you more often than not don't have too many surprises in the game, but it's just all about who can perform and execute their duties best on the day. So yeah. I'm sure with a focused Australian team trying to do that, uh, we're in for some cracking games against Serbia and Germany. And and against Ghana, it's all about standing up to the, the physical presence that Ghana has, but that's something that Australians also pride themselves on as being... You know, very fit and, and very powerful. And again, that will come down to preparation in altitude. That game's going to be played at intense altitude and it'll be about who's prepared best for the climate, for the conditions. And look, again, it's not a group to fear. It's a group that we should really relish and look forward to playing against. Um, and do if we get to the group, then we should be with with lots and lots of confidence. Yeah, you mentioned um, you know it's about who can execute on the on execute their job on the day, and, and I think that comes down to especially Germany. You know the big big tall defenders. You know and the way that we play. You know getting getting some balls into the box to Timmy is is one way, and it's almost like whoever does their job best is that the way that you look at it like you don't worry about how other teams play it's go out and do your job and if you do that well then you know let the cards fall as they may so to speak yeah you, I mean naturally you do your homework on everyone you're going to play against and as a team you try and prepare <clears throat> as best you can to match the team you're going to play against I think it's uh, important as a team that you don't get too bogged down with worrying too much about the tactics and, and the strengths and weaknesses of other teams. Yeah, you take note of them, you make everybody aware of the situation, but if you start to focus too much on that, you sometimes forget about actually playing the game and playing your own game. So what we've got to do as Australians is um, do what we do best, just play with loads of energy, loads of passion, um, no fear, 
and just go out and, and try and take on some of the biggest teams in the world and, and you know, recreate and and get a bigger and earn a bigger reputation for ourselves, not just as individuals, but as as a team, as a nation. And, uh, you know, the more we fo- focus on Australia, as long as we've got respect of the team we're playing against, that should be the the key thing for us in this tournament. Yeah. Now, did you speak to any of your teammates about the, the draw? I mean, obviously you play with Timmy, but uh, so has that been discussed uh, at all? Yeah, there's been plenty of uh, text messages banded about. Um, obviously, we were all reading each other's comments in various um, media outlets. And also with you know other competing nations, I mean, in our Everton changing room, there's Nigeria, USA, um, South Africa. I'm probably missing out one or two here. But hmm. so the band is good. Everything um, is all about, you know, we're going to beat you and, you know, we might meet you in the next round, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah. Um, yeah, for us, we we just do what we always do. We we let everybody else um, talk it up and start justifying how good they are as a nation, and we'll just go out and try and, and take that on. Yeah. Now I noticed that um, Serbia have a have a player Zigic who's six for eight. I mean, how do you combat something like that? Do you get Tim on some stilts and do some extra training at Everton? <laughs> well, hopefully we'll stick Timmy up the other end, and they can worry about Timmy for the game. Yeah. Uh, Again, it's a, it's a finer detail. If if Serbia wants to play with a six foot eight player, then um, then let them. There's eleven players playing, and he's just one of them. So again, we won't get too bogged down with the, the finer details. Um, we played against Crouchy on the weekend. He's a very big guy, but he didn't score a goal. So um, there's you know there's loads of different ways you can take and approach games, and um, we'll we'll have one or two. Game plans up our sleeves, depending on who we're going to come up against. Sure. Now, obviously, you're speaking to us today here, courtesy of Optus, and they've got some really cool things planned for the World Cup. One of them that uh, sounds really great is that you can uh, stream live World Cup games to your mobile phone. Yeah, I can't believe where technology is taking us now, especially when it involves sport, and in particular our love of sport, which is football. So... To think that if you've got a you know a, an Optus 3G mobile, you can actually have any live any game in the World Cup live to your phone, is just truly amazing. And then you know, like me, if you're a massive footy fan, you can have you know ar- archive videos on demand and wallpaper, screensavers, ringtones. I mean, it's just fo- football on the touch of a button for you. And so the support is vital for us in in the World Cup. You know, we all or how many people were watching the games in their thousands out in the freezing cold. Do you think you can do that and also have it free on your Optus mobile, 3G mobile? It's just amazing, and we're going to need that kind of support. And the supporters, the Australians, they need that accessibility. Yeah, yeah, and and, and if you were going to watch, uh, if you are going to recommend, Lucas, one World Cup archived game that you could watch on your Optus phone uh, from the history of the tournament, which, which is your favourite World Cup game? Well, from a biased Australian point of view, I'd be watching the uh, last 10 minutes of the Japan game or um, I'd be watching some highlights of us getting through against Croatia. As a football fan in the World Cup, I'd probably be watching Diego Maradona's goal from Mexico. Not the first one with a hand of God against Mm -hmm. England, but the second one where he just beat half the team and scored a goal. It's probably one of the, the most 
pinnacle and memorable moments in World Cup football. So, I mean, those kind of things are accessible to you on your phone. It's just truly amazing. That's fantastic. Well, Lucas, thank you very much for your time today and giving our listeners uh, your take both on the draw and the Socceroos moving forward. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No worries. So that was uh, Socceroos captain Lucas Neal. Uh, lads, thoughts on, on what you said or what came out of that that uh, struck you? Well, I, I think um, immediately tagging them as underdogs is, is good. We, we, we love being the underdog and I think it's, it's the mental approach that we have to take. We always struggle when we're, we're expected to win. Mm. So I like the fact that he's come out and said that straight away. Mm. A point he makes there, which is, is one that we've all been talking about since the draw, is that they're all very, very physical teams. They're all very similar teams in the style they play, really. It's not like we've been drawn against a Spain who are going to play in a completely different style to how the Socceroos are going to play. So it's going to be a sort of a level playing field in terms of, of, of sort of styles. And I think it's going to come down to a few key battles, and particularly in the midfield. Um, when we take on Ghana, Essien versus Timmy Cahill is going to be a massive battle. I mean, I think Essien's the best defensive midfielder in the world. Timmy's going to really have his work out. He probably would have met him in the Premiership before you know if he can get one over a SEN there then that could be enough to get us through yeah great stuff guys and uh, for anyone who wasn't sure how we actually got to speak to Lucas it was through Optus oh Optus yeah and uh, do they do mobile phones they do 3G is 3G an option 3G mobile so pick pick those babies up can I watch any of the World Cup games you can watch World Cup games live stream to your 3G mobile fantastic isn't it if you want any more information on that go to optus.com.au forward slash football for more information join us after the break as we'll be looking at all the games in round uh, what 18 now are we up to I don't know yeah 18 join us after the break the December edition of Australian 442 is on sale now we're 50 issues old and to celebrate we're listing the 50 defining moments of Australian football including Aloisi's penalty FFA's Dutch revolution and Vidmar's exit tears elsewhere we catch up with rising Socceroos star Reese Williams Italy and AC Milan legend Franco Baresi tells us what it's like to miss a penalty in a World Cup final. And there's a free Football Manager 2010 game demo with every issue. The December edition of Australian 442, it's on sale now. Hi, I'm Archie Thompson of the Melbourne Victory and you're listening to the 442 Insider Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the final stretch of the 442 Insider Podcast. We're now going to have a look at all the games in round 18, a preview, if you will. First game, Friday, which is uh, tomorrow, uh, or today, if we don't get the podcast up in time. North Queensland Fury versus Perth Glory, uh, 7.30 kickoff. What do you think about that one? Perth away, never that good, but Glory, um, never that good. <laughs> yeah, it's a long trip for Perth, and uh, you know Fury obviously coming off a four-one loss. Um, they'll be looking to re- rebound, and I, and I guess the, the league, the way it is, it's so up and down that you, you'd probably expect Fury to get something out of this game. Yeah, yeah, I, I fancy Fury for the win there, actually. Um, like we've said so many times and everyone else says about how poorly um, Glory travel I've not been particularly impressed with them at home in recent weeks either so um, in general I don't think they'll, they'll relish uh, going away to the Fury at all so yeah I fancy Fury to pick up another three points Excellent uh, Saturday we see Wellington Phoenix play Sydney FC and they're playing it in Palmy 
Palmerston North. Mm. I don't know if you uh, you guys are familiar with it, but not at all, no. fantastic part. No, it's not really. It's yeah. pretty boring, but um, great, great for the you know the, the New Zealand football road yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, and apparently it's a university town, and they're expecting about ten thousand fans. So yeah. obviously it takes away a little bit of the home advantage for Phoenix. Um, and Sydney, of course, ne- would never have played there, I guess. So um, mm. yeah, it's a very interesting tie. This one, I, I can't really pick this one. Yeah, do you think if they lose, the Phoenix might claim, or oh, we've still got our unbeaten home record because we're playing somewhere yeah, else? Yeah, probably they could Although, claim that. It is. Yeah. I think it's 198. I looked it up. I think it's 198 kilometres. So is that considered the part of the Wellington area? I'm not <laughs> no, quite sure. I think probably not. Palmy's like a, a lot further away. It's got its own airport. I think it's one of the okay. after Auckland. It's got and Wellington. It's the third biggest I think I'll probably get someone telling me it's not but you're going for a Sydney fan you're looking forward to I'm really looking forward to a trip over to Wellington this season I love Wellington I do love Wellington I think yeah. it's great and yeah. then, oh no hang on yeah. <laughs> where, where are we going here I suppose there's an extra little bit of spice because Wellington are going for that unbeaten record that's currently held by Sydney so what better team to come along and try and stop them Absolutely. doing that it's really hard to when you see Wellington at home to not just predict a draw and it mm. sounds like a boring default prediction but it's probably one that's going to happen and it's what I'm going to say here as well what do you think after well, Boring default prediction. No, I think I think the the change of scenery might just uh, you know perhaps a change of fortune. So I think I think they can go for a win this time. I'm going to tip Phoenix for a win. There we go. Uh, second game. Well, the second of three games on Saturday. See Central Coast Mariners play Melbourne Victory. Um, a couple of good games when uh, Victory have been at home against the Mariners. Yeah. This seems to have come up very quick since the last one, hasn't it? It's one of mm. those uh, mm. fixture foibles. But uh, how do you think this one going with uh, Central Coast at home? It's amazing. I think uh, you know they've won what two 0 and four 0 against Melbourne at uh, Etihad. So yeah. uh, I think they play a different style of football away from home, which suits them. I think at home a little bit more open perhaps so I fancy Victor to get something out of this game particularly with Hernandez if he's playing mm-hmm. um, I don't know how, what, what do you think Trev? I was thinking you don't get many clean sweeps in the A-League do you? Like in, in the Premiership of leagues you talk about doing the double over yeah, a team yeah. beating them home and away but because the A-League's so unpredictable it's quite rare for a team to lose all three of their games against an opposition and it would be even more surprising if, if that was to be the case when it's Central Coast Mariners taking on you know possibly champions or certainly the team that looks like it's going to be champions at the moment Melbourne and I think Melbourne might be a little bit conscious of that they strike me as a you know they are obviously mm. a competitive team and I don't think they're going to want to go to the blue tongue and lose to them for a third time this season and probably not going to have another chance for revenge so I think they'll get something from that game and I think they'll get a point Yeah, I think historically they've done okay there as well I, I, I don't have the stats in front of me but I know that they've done okay there so um, yeah I think they might get something out of this game yeah. okay Last game on the Saturday, the late game, Brisbane Roar against Adelaide United. Um, 8 o'clock local kickoff, 9 pm uh, for us in Sydney. not really inspiring game to be honest Brisbane have uh, news stories we didn't get to in the last segment Brisbane have been hit by a couple of players being released and uh, and leaving mm. and uh, yeah it's a bit of a worrying time for both clubs mm. isn't it really Brisbane Raw in uproar <clears throat> yeah you could say um yeah, if ever, if ever any teams needed a victory, it will be on Saturday night at Suncorp, I think. Mm. Um, uh, but I think Adelaide away from home, away from Hindmarsh, you never know. What do you think, Trevor? Um, I was just thinking, we were saying last week that Adelaide went to the bottom of the table, but it's OK because they were only three points back away from getting back into it. After that you know, poor result at home to, to the Jets last week, they really are getting in a case now where they're going to be cut off and not in a chance of making the finals. And for what they achieved last season, that's pretty much a disgrace. Mm. Um 
I think that they'll go there and get something. Oh, God, I think I can feel another draw prediction coming on. Yeah, draw. Mm. Yeah, it seems to me like it's a must win for Adelaide or they're going to get cut off, aren't they, from the bottom? Absolutely, the and, and they're too proud. But I'm really looking forward to seeing Tommy Orr play, I think, in the last month or so. He's just... Yeah. Uh, he's Out of all of the bad news stories that have come out of Brisbane, he's been one of the really good stories. He reminds me a little bit of uh, when, when I saw Michael Owen first play. Yeah. You know, just the way he plays. Yeah. Good shout. Uh, Sunday sees Newcastle Jets play the Gold Coast in the only game on uh, on our Lord's Day mm-hmm. um, Newcastle at home against a semi-resurgent I don't want to say resurgent Gold Coast United because uh, we never really and they don't seem to be able to string too many games together but uh, mm. it, 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 it looks like a good clash because mm. Newcastle are playing well now and Gold Coast as mm. well so something's got to give yeah, it's Kalina versus Kalina again, yeah. of course. And yeah. uh, Charlie Miller, the, the fascinating prospect of seeing Charlie Miller in a, in a gold shirt. Mm. Um, he trained with the club on Tuesday. Um, I, I spoke with the media manager up there, Neil, and uh, he, they haven't signed him yet, but hopefully have signed him by the weekend. I'm looking forward to having a chat with Charlie. It'll be a, it'll be a great game, I think. The gold shirt, any more forgiving around the waist than the um, orange one for Charlie, do you think? Perhaps not. Black is slimming, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. He's actually um, slimmed down a lot. Yeah. Um, I saw him at training and he does look a lot slimmer Mm. Um, I I like Charlie Miller as well as as a player and as as a character mm. and I think that's a really good signing for Gold Coast and a massive loss for Brisbane Um, and I'm really looking forward to this game as well you know Newcastle have become a far more interesting prospect to tune into and watch now they're really going for it Um, Gold Coast I'm not sure if they've got many of their strikers back I know they were struggling a little bit with pretty much Smeltzy being the only guy no Port or Taj Minicom Um, I think the Jets are going to win that I think Newcastle uh, hitting a good little run two good results on the bounce I think they'll make it through Excellent and uh, finally the first of two Wednesday games uh, before Christmas we've got a game Brisbane Roar against North Queensland Fury uh, being played at Suncorp Uh, Wednesday game we're liking a bit of Wednesday action lads um, yeah, do love a midweek game, um, especially during the summer. Weather's nice, get out of work, couple of beers, game of football, um, local derby as well. So I think that's a, a great opportunity for the Brisbane fans who often haven't been showing up as much as perhaps Brisbane Raw would like um, to get along there to watch that game. Um, in terms of the result, I think um, Brisbane are looking the better at the moment. I'd imagine they're going fancy in uh, three points over the Fury, and I'd imagine they'd get them. Be a big week if they can uh, pick up some points on the weekend and then uh, turn the Fury yeah, over. Absolutely. They could uh, jump up the table, couldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. With all the bad news stories over the, over recent weeks, it's a great opportunity. And uh, yeah, it's it's you know in December, what a great time in Brisbane to go out and have a few beers and uh, enjoy the football. So I think it'll be a good game. It's a good. Um, it's a good chance for Fury as well to um, get one over on their state rivals. Yeah. Great stuff, lads. Well, that's all the time we've got for in this uh, edition of the 442 Insider Podcast. Thanks uh, to Aidan for popping in and uh, uh, Trev for a, a stat light version of the podcast, I have to say. Not prepared enough, was Although your say. knowledge of the World Cup football was unparalleled mm. and uh, Bantu dialect as well, I have to say. Very impressed. <laughs> Thank you to Simon for producing the show. Don't forget you can subscribe to us on iTunes and also you can listen to us Live? No, it's live for you, isn't it? You can listen to us at au.442.com. Thanks a lot for listening and join us next week. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.